Michael, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. It's great to have you on. Now, clearly you joined Roma a few months ago. I'd love to hear about your new role and what excites you about Roma's proposition and potential. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it's coming up for three months that uh, I joined Roma. Um, so my, my role, the job title is Head of Transformational Change, which sounds very grand, uh, but I think it's a signpost really to what Roma are looking to achieve um, and, and I suppose what excited me about it as well, uh, we've got ambitious growth plans. You know, we've got such a great platform in place and we're actually now starting to act like the business that we want to be in three years. So we're going to, imp- we're looking at our existing processes. Uh, we, we want to be more efficient. We've got real ambitious growth, as I said. But I think the big thing for us is that we want to embrace technology. We want to start to improve our customer journey and our broker journey. Um, because we, we're looking for these growth partners and people to grow with us. So the exciting bit is it's, it's all in front of us. You know, Rome has been really successful uh, to this point, but it feels like, um, I don't know if you've ever met Scott RMD. If you met him, you, you, you obviously will believe that we're going to get to where we want to get to and probably quicker as well. So, yeah, it's really exciting time to be around. Sounds fantastic. Now, it wouldn't be uh, there wouldn't be a podcast without asking me about the last 18 months and sort of everything that's happened with the pandemic. And clearly you've moved into Roma when we're coming out of the pandemic. But I'd be interested to get your thoughts on what you think are some of the biggest takeaways for, for Roma and for other specialist lenders from the pandemic. What do you think we can take from the last 18 months and what, what do you think's changed? I think, you know, there's probably three areas I always think that I like to devise things up. Obviously, technology is, is one thing that a lot of people will have had change plans and roadmaps and overnight they were having to invoke them, you know, and probably made us think differently about, about how we worked. You know, uh, Roma were a paper-based organisation pre-pandemic, um, but obviously you can't make a file up and pass it around people's houses in the middle of lockdown. So it, there was a lot of enforced change that came along. I think one of the other areas that as, as specialist lenders really uh, have had to learn from is communication. So communicating with the customers about what's going on, the intermediary market. There was a lot of searching for answers in the very early days. And actually at the end of it, it's the, it's the colleagues as well. You know, um, I, I feel that the last 18 months has probably, they've been on as much as of a journey as the lender themselves, you know, and, and we, you've probably you know, we've grown to new ways of working. We've embraced, so we're, we're, we're operating off Microsoft Teams. I didn't even know what that was. I didn't know what Zoom was personally. I mean, you know, we're on video calls of second nature. Um, but I think it, it shone a light on a lot of, I would say, um, very old-fashioned practices that exist in the finance industry. Uh, you know, if you look at land registry, solicitors process, all of that, it shone a light on how ineffective it would be not only in a pandemic, but for the opportunity for, um, for, for growth and moving forward. So I think they're the biggest takeaways, uh, how we've adapted to uh, shine a light on probably the old stuff, but really the communication piece uh, about the transparency and, and the, uh, the colleague as well. Yeah, great. And turning to intermediaries now, you mentioned there, mm. what, what do you think have been some of the biggest challenges for intermediaries over the last period? Well, I think, again, it all comes down to certainty, doesn't it? You know, the intermediary is exactly that. They're in the middle. They're connecting the customers to, to the lenders and, and they their reputation is part of that. And when you connect into a lender, you, you want that certainty that that customer journey is going to be as fluid as it can be. 
but also is that the lender that you're working with are, are, are in a position that they're, they're scalable for if we have a lockdown scenario. If, are we agile enough to be able to, uh, to accommodate that customer or do, do things come to a screeching halt? You know, especially if the customer's invested things such as valuation fees or solicitors fees, et cetera. So I think perhaps from an intermediary point of view, it's, it's looking about that lender who it's not just about rate anymore, if that makes sense. It's, not, it's probably not even about proc fee anymore. It's about if I give this to this lender, how will they react? What is the business continuity plan? How, are they, how, you know, how confident am I working with them? Are they going to stick by that decision? Are they going to communicate that decision? And actually also, people are asking us as a lender and, and, and possibly other lenders about, it's not just what's your product roadmap, what's your change roadmap? What, what technology are you going to be investing in? You know, are you a growth partner for us? It, because essentially it's, um, like I say, we're, we're all, we've all learned a few lessons. And I think the big thing for the intermediaries is perhaps it's not all the eggs in the same basket. It's making sure that they've got the right partners. Yeah, great. I mean, that leads me on quite nicely to my next question, to be honest. I was going to ask you what, what it takes to be the intermediary's lender of choice. Do you think it is lenders just competing on product or is it is it service? Or as you say, is it is it that change roadmap? What what do you think is the most exciting element of that? I think it's about um, I think it's about being very clear about what kind of business you're looking to do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a new bridging lender probably every week at this moment in time. And if, if we're not careful, we all end up in a race to the bottom, which is driven by uh, rate and pay away. And, that, and that's fine. But essentially, it all comes back to that certainty of funding. It's about that partnership where if, you're in, if, if the broker or the intermediary, sorry, they want to take that customer on a journey, and you know we're in the unregulated space. We all want that customer to come back round and round again. Um, so if you've got a lender who provide a good service, and service doesn't necessarily mean speed, service means professionalism, it means clear communication and sticking by what we say we're going to do, that's the lender of choice. Speed does pay an element, obviously, we can't take weeks and weeks to make those decisions but as long as we're communicating effectively what we're looking to do at Roma is is to keep that essence of uh, professionalism certainty of funding but we are looking to probably make it less clunky and easier to deal with us yeah great I mean I I mentioned to you before before we hit record that I'm buying my first house at the moment (laughs) I'm speaking to a broker to try and get the best deal possible and actually when you look at the best interest rates sometimes it's the broker's advice of actually who who is providing the best service. It's not just about the SMAs, but it's about you know what 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 can they expect and who can give the best guarantee. So yeah, see that loud and clear. Brilliant. And when when it comes to technology, then something that you mentioned when you were speaking about what excites you most about Roma and and the sort of next twelve months within the business. In specialist lending, we always talk about the balance between the human touch and digital, and I guess. That's what's valued above everything else. It's, it's, it's the relationship aspect. So I'm interested to know if technology can still play a role within this market or if it is still, um, you know, basing those relationships purely on on trust and and the human element of it. What, what would you say? I think there's two things in there. The human touch is key, but the human touch has also got to be the intelligent touch. Mm. You know, a lot of the human touches in the process sometimes can be automated. Uh, I think it's about interfacing at the right time. Absolutely. You know, we, in specialist lending, it's called a deal, isn't it? It's not called an application. We call them deals because it feels like we're working to come to um, 
to an outcome for a customer and for then for the intermediary. And I get that. And, and we will never walk away from that aspect. But at the same time, it's making sure that if we are touching something and the human is involved, is it the best use of our time, the customer's time, the, the, the specialist services time? Um, and actually, it's quite expensive, isn't it? You know, when you're utilizing people, where can we start to think of things such as AI or uh, RPA or, or even APIs? A lot of acronyms there, <laughs> but obviously they're, they're the kind of things that um, we, we, the specialist finance industry, have to start to look at to enable that the quality conversations can still happen. But actually, you know, we still need to be signposting people in the right direction. Yeah, great. Uh, and what do you make of all the changes towards uh, moving towards um, an EID, so an electronic uh, identity check, wet SIGs, moving to electronic signatures? I mean, what do you make of all the change and how much of an impact do you think that will have on the market? I think it's going to have a great impact as long as it, you know, the process follows all the way through. E-signatures is great. Land registry getting on board is great. But then we also need to start to challenge things like the witness process. You know, it, you know, you still have to have somebody there and who can witness it, et cetera. You know, the face-to-face um, piece from the solicitors. We always need to make sure that we don't just stop at saying e-signatures is great because it's going to get rid of the technology. It's how's that embedded into the process? How does the process evolve with it? You know, if you think back to open banking, it's a great concept for specialist lending. The take-up is notoriously low uh, across the piece because we're actually competing with the banks themselves, telling people, don't give your bank details away. Don't click on any links. So we've got this really good product that the customer probably doesn't take up because they're almost being told that doesn't fit with their, their own processes. Don't, you know, don't just click on a link and give people access to your bank account. So we need to make sure technology will take us so far, but we've got to embed it into processes. We've got to think about how the customer interacts with that. We've got to challenge other areas such as solicitors, such as land registry, to come on that journey with us. So, yeah, brilliant. And finally, what would you say are some of the predictions that you've got for the next year or two in specialist lending? You mentioned some of those acronyms there, so uh, <laughs> maybe we can go back to those. But what, what, what would you say we can expect from the next year or two within specialist finance? Yeah, I think this, I think this, this shift's going to come because we're already seeing it. I don't know if it, on LinkedIn now. LinkedIn is becoming there's more and more people utilising TikTok to um, to sell the services to, yeah. to customers, especially in the intermediary world. So we've got to get ourselves ready for these, uh, you know, the 25 to 30 year old property developers at Roma Finance. You know, traditionally we are used to um, the property developers who want to meet someone on site, white to their eyes situation. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, you know, things such as the Nevo app, et cetera, the ability to interface 24 seven with customers and upload documents, 100% it's you know mobile first maybe even apps might move out the way in the future to 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 open it up a bit more what i think will happen is we will continue to follow the trends and i think where specialist finance needs to uh, we certainly need to move towards is when a customer um, looks at our digital offering so if they were to look at roma's digital offering they're not actually benchmarking it against a competitor the benchmarking against every digital offering they have across the board, you know, be it from Spotify to um, to the way they pay their electricity bill, we've got to start to tap into 
what's outside a specialist lane, what is working across the piece. I think that was one of the good things that sort of probably you guys at Nevo did is you took Facebook Messenger seemed to be the way that people were communicating more with uh, finance banks. So it's taking that concept one step further. We've got to stop thinking about how we solve our own process issues and probably start thinking about how we leverage more of the, the, um, the technology that's out there with, with different ways. Every time I have a blue sky session, I say, what does good look like? I guarantee somebody says, it'd be great if we had something that was like the Domino's app. So they're taking the Domino's app and bringing it in and, and trying to put it to specialist lending. We, we almost need to keep looking external and financial services to bring things back in because that's what people are used to. And I feel at times we're probably a little bit tunnel visioned of if one lender's got it, we've got to have it with, with a bit extra. Well, actually, what, what else is out there? And I think that's what will evolve. The, the, the whole piece is to start to look at external influences. That's a great way of putting it. Michael, I've really enjoyed that. And I look forward to uh, seeing you on TikTok. I'm looking forward to the debut. <laughs> I think I'll probably give that one a miss. I'm, I'm on that uh, mid-40s category, so I don't think I'll be there. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for joining me and we'll catch up very soon. Lovely. Thank you very Take much. Care. Cheers. Bye-bye.